From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we have our final weekly show of the year as we head into our Christmas break, and we are ending on a high note. At home, we will talk ugly but effective wins for the Cavs and the Browns on a Cleveland winner's weekend. On the road, we talk another wild weekend in the NFL, the World Cup final, and some more college bowl picks. Off the field, we play memory with 2022. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Denko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, nothing but wins in Cleveland this weekend. Should we start with the Cavs or the Browns or the Crunch or the Monsters? Oh, man. I'm glad to hear the Crunch and the Monsters won. That's news to me, but go Cleveland sports. I think we should – let's start in order of importance. Thanks for not giving any kind of answer. (laughs) Did the Flat Trackers win? They play this weekend too? You know what? I I looked it up, and (laughs) um, their season doesn't start until the spring. So they were having like a meeting at a bar (laughs) to recruit people to Flat Track with them. That sounds like a win. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Tell us an order of importance. Made that up. Yeah, I know. I'll (laughs) I'll say Browns. Start with the Browns. We'll start with skid marks at home in the land. The brown and orange road to irrational offseason hope. Our weekly look at the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. The Browns do love some Saturday shenanigans. They welcomed rival Baltimore to the land Saturday afternoon and came out with a gritty win and a 1% chance to make the playoffs. Browns are 6-8 and eight with three games left on the schedule, still in a dogfight for not last in their division. This one finally may work. This week's Roger Goodell nightmare scale, measuring the commissioner's reaction to Deshaun Watson playing well, one being the dream I have where I am sitting on the wing of a 747 as it flies through a crowded city, Five being the one Tammy has, where a huge man with a tiny head comes to the door of our first apartment with an axe, and while she hides in the bedroom, she can hear me screaming and being cut up. How is Roger Goodell sleeping this week? How do either of you sleep with these dreams? (laughs) How about a four? Another week where you see growth and he looks a lot more comfortable and looks like he has a pretty decent command of the offense, so... I'm going to say four. Roger is close to you getting chopped up and your wife hearing it. You guys got to stop what you're doing. Are you drinking peyote before you go to bed? What are you doing? The 747 one's always really strange to me because, like, I that's actually where my seat is. Like, there's other people sitting on the wing with me, and we're just kind of like flying oh. through. The, like, there's nothing, there's no danger. Everybody else is like, this is completely normal. And I'm looking around like, this is nuts. Like, when are we going to land? What are you, anyway. Flying Frontier? What the hell is that? <laughs> hey, man, you got to save money where you can. <laughs> I get it, yeah. I'm Bill, okay. where are you at on, on the Goodell nightmare scale? Yeah, four sounds about right. I, I Even though the, the score the score may have not really been representative of what Deshaun did, he, he looked to have better control and command of the offense. Simple things like his play fakes and play action pass, they look crisper. It just looked better. He ran at at really opportune times as well. So I thought he played better this week than he did the week previous and the week before that. So Rogers uh, probably up pacing in the middle of the night. I think I'm at about a four two. I thought Deshaun Watson played really well given the game and given the conditions. Like it didn't look like 
a good day to be on the football field playing weather-wise or condition-wise, which maybe is why we should give Cade York some slack for the way he kicked in the game. But Watson found a way to win that game. He made a lot of good throws, I thought. I think you're right, Phil. I think some of the timely runs that he had shows something that we've never seen in Cleveland. I think Goodell is starting to really worry. I think he's having trouble sleeping at night because I think the one thing we can say for sure is that Watson has gotten better each and every week. And if that continues, by the time we get to next season, holy cow, is he going to be good? There's a lot of weeks in between now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we move on to our MVB, our most valuable Brown of the game, and we'll start where we just finished with Deshaun Watson. 160 yards passing, 22 yards rushing, one touchdown, no turnovers. He completed passes to eight different receivers. Next one, Nick Chubb, 21 carries, 99 yards. Next, Joe Johnson, nine tackles and a fumble recovery. And last one, Miles Garrett, one and a half sacks and one other tackle for a loss. And I think both of those sacks came in the final possession or the final two possessions the Ravens had is really timely stuff from Miles Garrett. So MVB. I'm going to give it to John Johnson, a third. Um, those were all good options. And I, I was leaning towards Miles Garrett because of the timing of what he did. John Johnson was, he had a hell of a game. He was all over the place from start to finish. He he forced that fumble and recovered that fumble. I believe he led the team in tackles. He got hurt <laughs> towards the end of the game, which yeah. wasn't great. But up until that point, like that's that's kind of the game we were looking for out of out of him at that safety position um, to just shut down the other team's offense. I mean, it was kind of a bend don't break defense, and he was the one making the stops and the and the plays when it mattered. I'm gonna go um, across the field and actually give it to Harbaugh because this is a game the Browns typically lose, and it felt like Harbaugh wanted to lose because. He has to know that Huntley can't pass. And I looked at the stats after the game. Dobbins averaged 9.6 yards a carry. Edwards averaged 7.9. Why didn't they just continue to run the ball? That that probably would have worked for them. But that's why he's my MVB. Either way, it's a great W. I felt great all day Sunday. But (laughs) I I will tip my cap to Harbaugh. Like Maybe he hasn't seen any film on the Browns defense this year. Or maybe he wasn't watching the game because they had a really strange offensive strategy where they would get like a 27-yard run and then they'd pass a few times and then have to punt. Yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't a good plan at all. But they, I mean, they rushed for over 200 yards, I think, as a team. Like they, yep. they gouged the Browns and somehow only scored three points. That's really unusual. I'm giving my MVP to Deshaun Watson. I think he really was a key to them winning that game. And like we said a few moments ago, he is improving every single time he gets out there. And I think we're going to start seeing what makes him special and what makes him different uh, over the next couple of weeks as the season comes to an end. But fellas, we've got to look ahead for two weeks because we're taking a break next weekend for Christmas. First game we look ahead to, Browns welcome the Saints to Northeast Ohio on Christmas Eve. Preseason. Chuck and I both predicted the Browns losing this one. Denko had a win. So as we sit here now with only three games left in the year, are you feeling more Denko or Gerbaldo? <laughs> Definitely feeling more Denko. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I'm feeling more Denko. I can't believe I put that as a, as a loss. Uh, so I'd like to switch it to a W. Saints, they're a mess. They don't have... I mean, they have three different quarterbacks and none of them are legit. So, and Kamara's having a down year. I'm going Browns, man. It's going to be a great Christmas. I'm feeling more Denko as well. I think that the Saints are in a lot of trouble. 
coming into Cleveland with the weather that we're expecting that weekend, uh, I think the Browns are in good shape to win that game. After Christmas, Browns travel to our nation's capital. I was the only one who picked this as a loss. You both picked it as a win. So are you feeling more Gerber or more Chanko? That sounds like a Russian defenseman in the NFL. Anywho, I'm feeling, did you say Chanko? Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, defense is good in, in Washington, but they're still talking about possibly switching quarterbacks. So if it's that ha- this happening still late in the season, it's another Browns W. Yeah, I'm, I'm still feeling uh, thank Chanko on this one as well. I think um, or for nothing else, if I saw the standings the right way, if our Cleveland Browns go into Washington and get a win, it puts our Detroit Lions squarely into the playoff position that they so deserve. That's true. And we're going to get to it, but I hadn't thought of that. But you're right. Absolutely. The knocking out Washington would help the Lions for sure. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to change. I think that's a win for the Browns too. And that really gets me to my big Browns question of the evening. It is not impossible and maybe not even improbable that they win out, finish the season nine and eight, probably still don't make the playoffs. But if they do that, are you concerned at all that that type of finish would keep them from making any of the changes Joe Woods and Mike Prefer, I'm looking at you, that may really need to be made in the offseason. Yeah, I guess I'm a little concerned by that. I, I think if they win out and the defense continues to play better each week, then maybe they run it back with Joe Woods. I still remember this entire season, though, and it wasn't great. So again, I, I'm not <laughs> a big fire Joe Woods guy, but if if that's the move that needs to be made to get a coordinator in there that's going to take advantage of the talent they have on the defensive side of the ball, I would hope winning your last four games doesn't change that in the in the bigger scheme of things. Because I don't think this offseason we're looking at going into next season and hoping we win 10 games. Like the, the, They should be after winning the division. I'm not concerned. I think those guys are done. Uh, it seems like, and I, I think we say this every three years, it seems like they're doing everything they need to do to right the ship. And I'm trying to remember back. Didn't Mangini win a couple games yep. at the end of his run? Then they showed him the yeah. door anyway. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's true. But that was Might probably have happened different with order. too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just think there's room for growth in both facets of the defense and special teams. And they're invested, man. And their window is not gigantic. So I still... No, I'm not concerned if they went out. I still think those guys go. We'll see. I would be concerned that it's it's hard to get rid of guys on a hot streak. And if the team is playing well at the end of the year and the defense and the special teams look different than they did the previous 10 weeks, I'm afraid those guys might stick around. And I don't know if I love that. I'm afraid we're having the same conversation at the end of another disappointing season next year. But we'll see. I still would like them to win the last three games. I think that would be a lot of fun. And it'd be a great stepping stone to all the irrational hope that we're going to have throughout the offseason leading into next year. Let's put aside irrational hope and start talking real hope with a sip of wine and gold, our weekly Cavs recap. Last week, Cavs lost an ugly game Monday night to the lowly Spurs, took out their frustration on the Mavericks with a 15-point win on Wednesday, came home for two come-from-behind wins, one over the Pacers Friday night and the other over the Mavericks G League team on Saturday night. Cavs ended the week on Saturday night at 20 and 11, still in the three spot in the East. Scale of one to five, one being La Guerretta Pino Grigio, 
described as a total porch pounder. Pairs well with warm summer days and Cheetos. Five being sunset pink, a delicate blush table wine with tropical undertones from Kelly Island Wine Company located somewhere in Lake Erie. How would you rate the week for the Cavs? I'm going to put it at a four. So closer to the uh, tropical undertones of beautiful Kelly's Island in Lake Erie. Um, I'm going to give it a four because they ended the week three and one. And, and we talked about this last week where we looked at that schedule and we're kind of hoping for two and two, maybe three and one would be, would be a good week. And it certainly was the way it panned out though. It was exhausting. I, I, they had to go on like a 28 to nine run to win the, the one game on Friday, which is ridiculous. Uh, and then the 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 Dallas, the second Dallas game, you could tell both of those teams were just done. They amassed seven total points in five minutes of overtime. Yeah. And the Cavs won that one four to three. Thank God. So I'll I'll give it a four because at the end of the day, we got three out of four wins and uh it just keeps us moving in the positive direction. Overtime was like a soccer game. <laughs> exactly. I got an issue with the scale because I like Pinot Grigio. And I like Cheetos and drinking it on a porch sounds pretty nice on a summer day, but still, I understand it. I'm going to give it a three, even though they exceeded my expectations in the, in the win column for this week, there are still some issues. Um, so kind of sit it right in the middle because you're still seeing some things out of this team that, that I don't like, but they still overcome them, which means they're probably a really good team. So maybe I'm a, maybe I should be at a four. I don't know. I appreciate that. You just finished with, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm at a four. I thought it was a really good week. You know, wins are wins, and, you know, a month or two from now, we're not going to care that some of these were ugly wins. The only reason it's not a five is because they lost that game to the Spurs that they really should have won. They looked absolutely dead in that game. Definitely the low point of the week. So I'll take three and one, no matter who it's against, uh, in, in a week in the NBA for sure. So it's a four for me. But to kind of get to what I think you're talking about, Chuck, Those were two ugly wins over the weekend against the Pacers and against a Mavericks team without three of their starters. And I think five rotation players, five regular guys that play for the Mavericks were not playing on Saturday night and the game went to overtime. Are you concerned about how the Cavs played in those two games? Or is this a learning opportunity that a young team just needs to get better? It's a little bit of both. Uh, It's definitely a learning opportunity for a young team to come back down double digits in the second half and and win those games Friday and Saturday. But it still concerns me that, and again, it's a long week Saturday. Their shooting was horrible. Uh, And it seemed like Mitchell on Friday, really outside of him, there was, there was no offense from that team. So it's a, it's a little bit of both, but I'm going to lean towards the positive that it's a good experience for a young team uh, to come back and win those games. I think it's a good experience from this perspective and that they are acutely aware of the fact that they're down double digits, even into the fourth quarter and the game's not over. So, all right, fine. Just keep playing Cavs basketball D up. We'll get some scoring and streaks. What I'm a little concerned about though, is Let's not make this a habit. This is, you don't want to get into that habit that we saw the Cavs teams, even in the LeBron era, where for whatever reason, every third quarter, they'd struggle to score 20 points. And then they'd find themselves down double digits every fourth quarter. And all right, you you had LeBron to bail you out. But now it's, it's, this team is, and we've talked about it in the past. This team is so much better when you've got five, six, and even seven guys scoring in double figures. You get your bigs, getting your double doubles. You don't have to rely on a 28 to nine run to even get you back into the game because that's not sustainable. My concern would be that notion that they start to feel like they can sleepwalk through three quarters and turn it on in the fourth. And it works 
against bad teams. It'll never work against good teams. And it won't work even against the bad teams unless you've got Donovan Mitchell doing what he does. If that guy has a slow night and you're playing bad basketball for three quarters, you're going to lose by 20. You're going to lose the way you did to the Spurs. You know, it's just, you just can't do it night in and night out. So I appreciate that they've got to learn that NBA games can be ugly and you're going to have nights where you're just not shooting it well and you got to figure out a way to win. But I just don't want to see them thinking that they can come back like this every fourth quarter and stay in games against good teams when the energy level just sucks. And for what it's worth, you know, we're recording on Monday night this week. They played tonight. And every single one of those problems that was an issue over the weekend yeah. got solved tonight yeah. against a not bad team. So it's not as bad as we probably thought it was after the game ended on Saturday night. But still, I've, I've got some concerns. Why don't we go ahead, raise your glass, a toast to your favorite Cav player of the week. First one, Donovan Mitchell. That's it. That's the list. That's the <laughs> yeah. list. Yep, that's it. Chuck, who gets your toast this week? <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Phil? Yeah, I'll go with Donovan Mitchell as well. I think that's a it's an interesting list you presented, and and he's the obvious choice. I'm going with Donovan <laughs> Mitchell as well. All right, let's look ahead. Cavs homestand continued tonight with a 23 point beatdown of the Utah Jazz. They move on. Milwaukee comes to town on Wednesday. Toronto Raptors on Friday, and the Nets the day after Christmas. The year ends with road games against the Pacers and the Bulls. Of those games coming up over the next week and a half or so, what is the most important game for the Cavs? I'm going to say maybe that Nets game. They played the Bucks twice already. I don't have they played the Nets? I, I don't even know. I don't remember them playing. Yeah, the I don't, yeah, right. I don't remember either. But well, the Nets are playing really good basketball right now. I think that may be the most important game. You run into a hot, streaky team uh, after a holiday. Yeah, I was trying to decide between the Bucks game and the Nets game because those. Those are the two teams that are right ahead of us and right behind us. And they're both the, the Bucks have been playing well and the Nets are playing extremely well of late. Just to go a different way, I'll go with the Bucks game because we're 0-2 against that team. And this is all right, this is a game in Cleveland. We have this wonderful home record. Can we just get one from the Milwaukee Bucks on our home court? I like it, Phil, but I'm with Chuck. I'm going with the Nets. I tend to feel like the Bucks are just kind of a step above the Cavs this year. We're not quite to their level, whereas I think the Nets are a team that the Cavs should beat. And so I'd like to make that statement and beat them. Uh, so I think that Nets game is the most important one coming up. There are five games. Two of them are against winning teams. Over, under, three and a half wins in that span. I'm going to say under. I think we go three and two. Same, under. Cowards, taking over. <laughs> They're getting four. All right, moving on. Monsters, Inc. Our sometimes weekly look at the Cleveland Monsters of the AHL. Monsters were winners on Saturday afternoon, 7-4 to four over the Lavelle Rockets. Monsters are 12-9 and nine in fourth place in the North Division. What do you think was the key to rocking the Rockets in the Rock on Saturday? Uh, scoring seven goals. It's a big number uh, <laughs> in, an, in, in any hockey game. So, yeah, I'm to say scoring seven goals. All right, me too. Great news. <laughs> on that, fellas, we're going to take our first break. We're going to go out on the road, talk some NFL, some soccer, and some college football.
Welcome back, fellows, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, start in the NFL, and it is really time to start talking playoffs. Six teams have clinched spots in the playoffs. Only four teams in the NFL, as of tonight, are mathematically eliminated. There are still a lot of teams in the mix, but there's a bunch of teams like the Colts, the Rams, the Steelers, and the Browns that are practically, if not mathematically, eliminated. But let's go ahead and start in the AFC. The Bills and the Chiefs are the only teams that have clinched so far. Right now, the Ravens, Chargers, and Dolphins are the wildcard teams. Are any of those three not making it into the playoffs, with the Patriots and the Jets probably the most likely candidates lurking around? I don't think the Patriots and the Jets are worth anything. I don't know, man. Uh, the Dolphins have not looked great the past couple of weeks, and they're playing really good teams. Maybe watching Tua beat up on bad teams kind of inflated what we thought of him as a quarterback. Oh, you're saying I was right. I love No, it. not Thank yet. You. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that yet. I'm just saying that they're not playing great football right now. But no, I, I can't see the Jets or the, the Patriots especially making a run. So of the three teams that are currently in the wildcard spots, if I had to choose one that might fall out, it's probably the one leading the wild card charge, and it's the Ravens. Like they, they just lost to the Browns thirteen to three. They look terrible, terrible. I, you know, matchups play a big role in these last three weeks of the season. I have no idea who Baltimore has left on their schedule, but I agree with Chuck. I don't. The Patriots and the Jets, they don't look like they're going to take control over anything. If either one of those teams gets in, it's because someone ahead of them shit the bed on the way out. None of those three options, the Ravens, the Patriots, or the Jets, look real good. I actually think the Chargers and the Dolphins are probably likely to stay in. Like, I know the Dolphins have been losing some games lately, but they looked really good at losing to Buffalo over the weekend, playing in a cold weather environment and still putting up a ton of points. So I have some confidence that they'll be able to win out and stay in. I really don't think the Ravens are. But I don't know if I'd put the Patriots or the Jets in either. I guess maybe the Patriots, because <laughs> they should have won this weekend. But for that wild finish, I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots in the wild card for the AFC. How about this one? Can the Jags sneak in as a division winner? Tennessee lost to the Chargers over the weekend, dropped to 7-7. Seven and seven. They only have a one-game lead over Jacksonville, who beat the Cowboys. To finish out the year, the Jags have the Jets, the Texans, and then they get the Titans in Jacksonville for the finale. Titans have to play the Texans, who almost beat the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and then they finish, obviously, against the Jags on the road. So are the Jags getting into the playoffs? I like this scenario. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it comes down to that final game. I think both teams will go into that game. It's in Jacksonville. Both teams will go into that game with a chance to finish the season eight and nine and win their division. And I'm going to lean Jacksonville right now. Yeah, let's do it. I would lean Jacksonville too. I think Phil's right. It comes down to that last game. And Trevor Lawrence is playing really good right now. Man, Urban Meyer was a really bad coach in the NFL. <laughs> Anywho, I would love to see Jacksonville get in. They're playing great football. And I'd like to see teams that are playing their best football make the playoffs, not somebody backdoor in. Well, three for three. Uh, sorry, Jags, because I think that I think they should get in too. But I don't know. The three of us agreeing on that doesn't bode well for them. But it's possible, I suppose. All right, moving over to the NFC: Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, and Cowboys are all in for the wild card. 
The Cowboys have clinched a wild card spot, so they're in for sure. And the Giants and the Commanders are in right now as wild cards because they tied each other, which seems like a scam. The Seahawks and the seven-win living in sin Detroit Lions are lurking. <laughs> are either one of those teams, the Seahawks or the Lions, getting in the playoffs? With your head, not with your heart, oh, Chuck. <laughs> I don't know who everybody's playing. But All yeah. Right, so let me let me lay it out for you then. The Lions have the Panthers, Bears, and Packers. It's a nice schedule. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks have the Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. Commanders have the 49ers, the surging Cleveland Browns, and the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Even with my head here, I think the Lions can win out. The Lions win out. They're in. That schedule is much better than the other ones. So, man, it's going to be great talking about a Lion playoff run. <laughs> <laughs> I think the commanders are on their way out. Uh, that's that's the toughest run of what you listed. Like Chuck said, you want the teams that are playing the best football to get into the playoffs. And is there anyone playing better football than the Detroit football Lions right now? Anyone? Anyone. E the Eagles, probably. The Eagles, Eagles. might be. Oh, but yeah. The Niners, they, the Bills. Yeah, the Niners, yeah. Yeah, the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a few, a the few Chiefs. Teams. Yeah, the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. But other than serious, those, Danko, other, yeah, than, other, those, other, other <laughs> than those 16 teams you guys rattled off, the Lions are right there. But I, I think in the NFC, I, I think the the commanders find their way out, and a team like the Lions, if they keep on this hot streak, they, they move right into that position. The Lions definitely have the easiest schedule. The commanders, I think that game against the Browns probably lines up to be a pretty big one for them because you, you think they lose to the 49ers. And then their last two games are must-win games. So that game against the Browns will be a big one. But I'm obviously going with the Lions. I think they just have the easiest path to get there. And none of these teams are that good. So, I mean, any of them could be losing games down the stretch. Do you guys remember that one time we joked about someone winning the NFC South with a losing record? <laughs> yeah. Fellas, yeah. get ready for the worst division stretch run ever. Tampa Bay is in first place in the South. They're six and eight after their loss to the Bengals. Everyone else in the division is five and nine, one game out of first place. So get ready. You might want to take notes on this. Tampa has the crappy Cardinals, the pretty crappy Panthers, and the fucking crappy Falcons. <laughs> Carolina has the seven and seven hurts like heaven Lions, the bullshit Buccaneers, and the shitty Saints. The Saints, it's going to be tough to get marching in. They play the surging Browns, the soaring Eagles, and the pretty crappy Panthers. Falcons get shitty Ravens, crappy Cardinals, and bullshit Buccaneers. Who is winning the South, and will they have a winning record? Buccaneers are going to win the South, like we've said the entire time. But I don't know if they have a winning record. Their last three is the easiest schedule that there was somebody in there. The Falcons are a win. Who else was on that? I'm sorry. Cardinals, Panthers, and, and Falcons for Tampa. Yeah, they can win out. Tampa Bay wins out and wins the division nine and eight and wins it by three games. <laughs> I think Tampa's going to get it as well, but I'm not as confident that they'll do it with a winning record. I could see them losing to the Panthers and winning the other two, winning the division at eight and nine. Gross. NFC South. That's going to be a fun one, sort of, to watch finish up. But let's move on from the NFL and the playoffs to the world cup finale. That was Sunday morning this past weekend. 
absolutely as good a soccer game as I have ever watched some parts of. Argentina had the game won twice. Defending champ France would not go away. Argentina ends up winning the World Cup 3-3 three to three on penalty kicks. Non-soccer guy. Are penalty kicks the best way to end the game for the casual soccer fan? For the casual soccer fan? Yeah. I mean, it's it's an automatic excitement, right? Like there is, it's intense no matter what. Sure. Casual fan? Yes. I read something on Twitter, I think, over the weekend that ending the World Cup with a shootout would be the equivalent of ending a tied World Series game seven with a home run derby, which I thought was pretty funny. Again, the casual fan would love it, right? Like yeah, they would run. yeah, exactly. Sure, right? yeah. Now we're going to get to it. Okay, soccer guy. This was reportedly Messi's final World Cup. So put this in perspective for people who aren't like huge soccer fans. What is it like in the soccer world for that guy to finish his career winning the World Cup? Is this Elway retiring after the Super Bowl? Is it Jordan retiring at the end of the second three-peat and then never coming back? Is it is there an equivalent like that that you can kind of put this in so that yeah. those of us who don't care will understand? <laughs> it's it's closer to Jordan because at the end of the day, he is one of the greatest soccer players of all time. And where Jordan has an absolute unit of an athlete. Messi's not like a big dude. Most soccer guys aren't, but uh, it, it's closer to Jordan. I wouldn't say it's Jordan, but there there isn't anything that Messi hasn't done or won. He, he's he's in that GOAT conversation. If you're talking about greatest athletes of all time, he might be in that top 10. I'll tell you what, the World Cup was way more entertaining than I ever thought it would be. I had a lot of fun watching games, and that final was, I, I don't know where to put it in the pantheon of World Cup finals, because I don't know how any of the other ones finished before this one <laughs> but it was a hell of a lot of fun man and i would definitely watch it again in four years but moving on from soccer why don't we get to our from the land bowl pick'em challenge week one is in the books fellas the current standings perfect thy name is gerber four for four so far four points for me <laughs> number two in the standings but number one in my heart tammy is in second place with two points Tied for third in the standings and my heart, Denko, Burke, Miller, and Chuck, all with one <laughs> lousy point <laughs> in week one. Great news, fellas. You're going to be able to start making up ground tomorrow. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl tomorrow at 3.30 in the afternoon. I, I guess based on that start time, they're playing the game in Qatar. San Jose Spartans minus three and a half over the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Who are you taking on a solid blue field? Well, if they're playing a guitar, San Jose, I think, I think <laughs> it's the way to go there. Just climate based. So I'll go with San Jose. They're actually playing this game in Idaho, I believe. Yeah, probably. I'm going to uh, take, is it Eastern Michigan? Is that what you said? Was yep. it that? Eastern Michigan. Yeah, only because you're closer to them than San Jose. So I'll go with those guys in minus three. Eastern Michigan is plus three and a half. I'll take those. San points. Jose is, is favored. So you're taking the points. I'm with Chuck. I'm going to take the points as well and stay at home with the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Next one, also tomorrow, 7.30 kickoff, roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Liberty University versus Toledo. Liberty University's motto is knowledge aflame. University of Toledo's motto, guide to the present, molder of the future. Do you know what your college motto is? Nope. <laughs> John Carroll University's motto is for the greater glory of God. Amen. Phil, 
Uh, mine's probably something similar, having gone to another Catholic university. But I, I would assume UD's motto is uh, "Meet me at the bar at sunrise." I don't know. <laughs> Close for God and country. Yeah, I knew All God right. would be in there somewhere. <laughs> I guess the only one of us that went to a secular college, uh, Miami University's motto is "To accomplish without being conspicuous," which I kind of like. <laughs> we we've been humble for like two hundred some years. All right, Miami. <laughs> In the Boca Raton Bowl, it's Toledo minus five over Liberty University. Who you got? Uh, I own a Liberty hat, so I'm going to take uh, Liberty. Man, I'm going to lay the five points and go with the Rockets. I think I'm taking Toledo, too. Although it, it's been a rough year for Liberty, so I'd like to see them get that win. I don't know if you guys have seen those previews yeah. on the on Hulu for the documentary. Not, not a great year for Liberty <laughs> University. So best of luck to you, but I'm, I'm going to give the points and stay in Ohio with Toledo. Next one. RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Wednesday, December 21st at 9 p.m. Western Kentucky versus Southern Alabama. Western Kentucky is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, population 72,000. South Alabama is in Mobile, Alabama. I've been there once. Population 187,000, but down from 195,000 in 2010. South Alabama Jaguars minus four and a half over the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Who you got? Oh man, uh, I'm going with the Hilltoppers because their their uh, mascot's like just a red blob. I, I remember that from the NCAA tournament. It's just a red blob. It's awful. Go Hilltoppers. <laughs> Bill loves mascots. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of NCAA, these sound like 14 seeds in yeah, the tournament. Right. Yeah, these are. Uh, yeah. Play in That's what you get the week before Christmas, man. What right. do you want? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go the other way and uh, not take the Hilltoppers. All right. So you're you're given yeah. the points yeah. and the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Southern sure. Alabama. Southern Alabama. Right. I say Western. Where did I get Western Kentucky? That's the other team. Western Kentucky's the other team. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. But wait a minute. Do you want... Nope, I don't. I'm going to stay in Alabama. All right, so you're in Alabama with the Jaguars. I'm going to go with Western Kentucky as well because my brother, when he was in high school, played for the Chardon Hilltoppers, so there must be some magic with, with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. All right, last one for this week, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, Christmas Eve, 8 p.m. Easy Post is a company that is set up to solve complex shipping logistics problems with a single integration which sounds a lot like the post office, UPS, FedEx, and Santa to me. Uh, it's San Diego State versus Middle Tennessee. San Diego State alumni, absolutely 80s dominant. Fred Dreyer from Hunter, Robert Hayes from the Airplane movies, and Action Jackson himself, Carl Weathers. Oh, nice. Middle Tennessee, economist James Buchanan, and Bill Boner, the third mayor of the Metropolitan Government of Nashville. So, San Diego State, minus six and a half over Middle Tennessee. Who you got? I'll take San Diego State. I like their alumni better. I haven't heard Hunter in a long time, and I immediately remember that. So, uh, I'm taking the Aztecs, right? Yeah, Aztecs. Hey, nice job with the mascots. Hey. <laughs> I can't for the life of me decide what Middle Tennessee's mascot is, but I knew the Aztecs. <laughs> next week i'll be sure to include actually we're going to know all the mascots for next week because they're going to be all the good games yeah right we're getting into the colleges (laughs) we've heard of i'm going to go with san diego state as well because carl weathers went there man like yeah absolutely i I would assume he played football there too right i mean he 
Yeah. He played in the NFL. Yeah, he, so he, he played had, in the NFL. Be... Yeah. Uh, I, I think Fred Dreyer played in the NFL too. I yeah. Think he played I think for you're the Rams. right. I think yeah. you're right. I'm of course going with San Diego state as well. There, there's no choice. If you're going to Fred Dreyer and Carl, Fred Dreyer might not be alive. If Carl Weathers shows up on the sidelines, th- that's worth a touchdown right there. So I think that gets them over middle Tennessee, but fellas, that's it for this segment. We are going to take our final break, come back and play a little. Do you remember that off the field? Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field. And as we said at the top of the show, this is our last weekly podcast for 2022. So let's do a little from the land. Do you remember that? That was awesome. Our look back at some of our favorite topics from 2022, all selected by me. This one time (laughs) in the first episode of 2022, we had an award show and we gave out a golden tower for best young rising star athlete in Cleveland for 2021. Your choices were Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, Miles Straw, Darius Garland, and Fran Mill Reyes. <laughs> Do you remember who you picked? I hope I picked Garland. You did not. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty certain I picked JOK. You did not. Oh, man. Off to a good start. <laughs> I will say this. We all dodged the really bad one, which I was really happy about. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you actually went with Garland. Mm. Chuck, you and Burke and I all went with JOK. Uh, would you like to change your pick? Yes. I'd like to change it to Garland. <laughs> I'd like to keep mine at Garland, even though I misremembered picking that. After 2022, Garland is definitely the number one choice. I guess the other thing I'd wonder is who would we replace Fran Mill with? Because obviously Fran Mill doesn't belong on that list anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's Mobley, you know, Kwan. a young guy from 2020. Stephen Kwan. Yeah. Well, but he's 2022. Don't jump ahead oh, sorry. until gotcha. this year yeah. to yeah, this yeah, year's yeah. awards. We're going to get 2021. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I guess Mobley or Allen Mobley. would be a good replacement, right? Yeah. Hey, do you guys remember that one time there was an MLB lockout and the owners in the union had a seven-minute meeting? Yes. Yeah. I, for one, feel like I almost completely forgot that the lockout even happened. Do you think that's because I'm old or because the Guardians were so good? Because the Guardians were so good. I agree. Because the Guardians had such a great season. That's what I was really hoping for. <laughs> Not that I'm already starting to lose it at 45. This one time... We talked HBO history in anticipation of the premiere of Winning Time. Part of our discussion included talking about the best HBO shows in the modern era, which was 2011 to 2021. The list was Game of Thrones, Big Little Lies, but only season one, True Detective, and Succession. Do you remember what you chose? I'm fairly certain I went with Game of Thrones. I think I said Succession. Phil, you're right. You went with Game of Thrones. Chuck, you also went with Game of Thrones, uh, although gave a lot of credit to Big Little Lies. I actually went with Big Little Lies. Where in that group would you rank winning time? Again, Succession, Game of Thrones, and Big Little Lies. Was there a fourth? Yeah. True Detective. True Detective. Jeez. Oh, man. Probably third. I think Succession is better. Game of Thrones is better. True Detective season one is better. Season two is not. Season three might be better. Yeah. So <laughs> we had this exact same conversation this summer. <laughs> All right, then. 
I need to clear my schedule to watch more of these HBO shows because I'm <laughs> I'm way behind. Where would I put winning time? Based on what I've seen, I'm going to put it as high as three or this is just ignorance. I haven't seen any of Big Little Eyes or True Detective. So I have I got nothing on those two. I heard they're pretty good though. I'm, I'm only a, a little bit into Succession. I really like it. I'll put winning time at third behind Game of Thrones and Succession only because I, I feel like you guys have really done a good job of talking up as to how good these shows are. Uh, and I haven't experienced them yet. So I like winning time though. It's one season in and I don't remember a bad episode, maybe one. I don't think winning time breaks into the top four at all. I think all four of those shows are better than winning time. Um, if we, especially if we knock out true detective season two, yeah. uh, all four of those are better. So I think a harder question, where do you rank house of the dragon in those four? Damn it. <laughs> Hmm. it's only one season but it was really good uh i'll I'll probably right where i put winning time i'll put it at three so what's ahead of it game of thrones game of thrones because i saw the clear picture in succession yeah because succession can continues to get stronger with each season so that might be number one at some point for me well i can't possibly put it lower than three having not seen the other other ones (laughs) that's that's unfair i really liked house of dry i I guess in my mind, because I'm so behind on succession, I need succession to prove it to me that it should be the number two seed here. So I'm going to put House of Dragon and succession in a a virtual tie for two behind Game of Thrones. Okay. I think I'd put House of the Dragon too. I think I'd revise my list from the last time and not have Big Little Lies at number one. I'd have Game of Thrones at one, (laughs) House of the Dragon two, succession three, then maybe Big Little Lies, True Detective. I think that's how we go. I think House of the Dragon is has come out of the gates really, really fast for us. Uh, and I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to look forward to for that one. This one time before the start of the NFL season, we talked about players that may be at the end of the line. And we did it through our From the Land Tom Brady longevity scale, where one was being 45-year-old Jason Gerber, five was 45-year-old Tom Brady. I don't know if you remember, but we had a little bit of debate about what the scale meant. (laughs) If you're a one, it means your athletic career is entirely over or damn near close to it. If you're a five, you're Tom Brady. Who knows how long you're going to play? One of the players we discussed was Ezekiel Elliott. Chuck put him at a 2.5. Phil, you had him at a three. I had him at a 1.5. At this point, 14 games into the NFL season, He has 774 yards on the ground, 10 touchdowns. He's averaging about four yards a carry, but he's only had one game this season over 90 yards. Do you like your number? Would I have him at a three? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's splitting carries now in in Dallas a bit, but he's the, he's the go-to back when they're in the red zone. So uh, yeah, I'll stay with a three. He's exceeding my expectations. So 2.5 is great. Phil already laid it out even though he's splitting time he's getting the red zone touches so yeah two and a half was good yeah i would say i probably overestimated the demise of ezekiel elliott yeah he is still productive something that he's only had one game over 90 yards this goes back to something we've talked about before where in a 17 game season it's not that difficult to rush for a thousand yards you know maybe that benchmark isn't the benchmark anymore for running backs. He's had a lot of 50-yard games this season, but he's scoring touchdowns. He's doing pretty well. He's definitely not near the end of his career. One of the other guys we looked at was Jarvis Landry. Phil had him at a three. 
Chuck had a two and a half. Shitty Gerber had a, this guy had a one and a half as well. I just don't believe anybody <laughs> Everyone's is sticking over. around in the NFL. Everybody's <laughs> over the hill. Everybody should retire. Landry this season, 272 yards receiving. He has not had more than three catches in a game since September 18th when he had four. Do you like your number? No, it should be lower. I had him at a two and a half. It should be a, a one and a half to a one. I know he was hurt again this year. He missed time again. But wanted him to do well. He went home, but he's he might be dusted, man. I don't like my number. I think it should be lower as well. I think uh, <clears throat> what we're probably seeing here with Jarvis is the injury bug has crept up on that dude, and that's kind of what's going to happen if he plays another year or two. Um, I hope not. I hope he gets healthy, but I don't know. He, he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. He's not a volume receiver anymore. I think my number's too high as well. Uh, and I hate to say that, you know, like we, we all yeah. love Jarvis for what he brought to Cleveland, a, a guy who actually cared yeah. to excel at a time when nobody else in the organization did. He's a guy that definitely changed culture for the better for his time with the Browns. But uh, I, I tend to agree with Phil. The injuries have just caught up with him. He wasn't the same guy last year. Definitely is not this year. All right. Uh, this one time in an off the field grab bag episode, we talked about new seasons of TV shows that we are excited about. Those shows were The Boys, Season 3, Stranger Things, Season 4, Westworld, Season 4, Peaky Blinders, Season 6, and Seinfeld reruns on Netflix. <laughs> so of those shows and those seasons of those shows, which one did you think was the best? I think The Boys... Season three. Wow, that was really good. I enjoyed the boys season three more than any of those other ones you listed. And maybe that's more of a commentary on who I am as a person, but but the boys season three, <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed. I, I liked Stranger Things. I really did. I enjoyed that straight through as well. So those would probably be my top two. I wanted to like Peaky Blinders and um what was the other one that Westworld? Westworld. I really wanted to like Westworld and Peaky Blinders. I struggled to get through both of those seasons. I just, I just hate watched them at some point. I abandoned Peaky Blinders and Westworld, so I had no interest in them. And I never caught up with the boys. And I, I was most excited for Stranger Things and still was satisfied and thought it was a really good season. So only because I haven't seen the other ones, but I, I, I would stick to Stranger Things. I don't think I even, I don't love the boys like you guys love the boys, but you're a better person than me. <laughs> no, it's not that. Yeah, you are. It's not that. I think it might be. <laughs> it's really close. Westworld and Peaky Blinders were definitely the worst of the four and tied very closely for the worst. Those, those were both just difficult to watch. Peaky Blinders probably was the worst. Uh, that show is probably three seasons longer than it needed to yeah, be. Right. The boys was great, but I think it was stranger things. Uh, I mean, every episode was like an hour and a half long until you got to the final. It was like two and a half hours. It just seemed like they, they told a humongous story in that season. There was a lot going on. So of those shows that we were excited about, I'm definitely going with stranger things season four. That was a lot of fun. Uh, this one time, we previewed the Emmys, and we picked our winner for the best comedy. And the nominees were Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and What We Do in the Shadows. Do you remember what you picked? I think I wanted to pick Maisel, but I'm pretty sure I went with Ted Lasso. Very good. I think I wanted to pick Ted Lasso, but I went with Barry. 
Well done. It's like you guys listened to that episode this morning like I did. <laughs> You're both right. Yeah, Phil went with Barry. Uh, Chuck went with Ted Lasso. I went with Barry as well. Do you know who won? No, Ted Lasso. Chucky is right again. Nice. Ted Lasso did win for uh, Best Comedy Series. This one time, we talked about the MLB Home Run Derby X, the weird Home Run Derby World Tour. It led to our Scott's Turf Builders Get Off My Lawn question of the night, which was, <laughs> what the f*** is this where baseball is heading? Would you like to know who won the MLB HRDX? Yes, absolutely. The Red Sox beat the Dodgers 57 to 56 in the Mexico City Finals when Jocelyn Allo, left fielder for the Oklahoma City Spark in the WP Fast Pitch Pro League, scored 24 points on 17 home runs. Is that the weirdest sentence on the show for this entire year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give it a, a seven on this bird scale. <laughs> it rivals. Uh, you getting chopped up with an axe in Tammy's dream. Oh, boy. But it, it might be the weirdest, yeah. All right, so give me your one-word hot take on the inaugural HRDX season. What? Chuck? <laughs> Ass. Uh, I think unnecessary is probably mine. You can go out there and you can find clips of it, and I don't know, there's people around watching people hit home runs, seem like they're having a good time. Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, that's it for our look back at 2022. Our, do you remember that? That was awesome. It's been a really, really fun year. Uh, but before we go tonight, let's hit the worst fantasy league ever Two Playoffs are in full tilt. And before we get to the playoffs, I'd like to explain why I hate fantasy football and why this shitty fantasy league is the only one I will play in. My team has been absolutely rotten for six weeks. I didn't make the playoffs because of it. This week, I scored 246 points. <laughs> I would have won any game played this week. I would have beaten any team, whether they were on a bye or not this week. My guys went absolutely nuts at the moment it stopped mattering. Poor Bonhart had to take the beating. Anyway, <laughs> in the actual playoffs, Denko and Miller were winners in round one. Denko moves on to play Burke. If this game were decided by providing physical therapy to birds, who wins? <laughs> uh, I, have, I have to go with Phil. Uh, he's an actual. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to because you actually do that for a living where Tommy just kind of recognizes birds. So uh, I <laughs> asinine, almost as asinine looking back is which Disney character is the hottest? Uh, this is an oh, asinine my question. Friend. Oh, boy. <laughs> my friend, if you think no. the year is done without oh, no. that coming back, you are sadly <laughs> mistaken. Oh, no. <laughs> Phil, if, if the game no. between you and Burke was decided by physical therapy to birds, who's winning? It's not even close. I win this hands down. He might know the names of birds, but he can't possibly know how to rehabilitate anything with muscles and a skeleton. So I'm winning that one. Boy, I'm going with Burke. He's the bird no way, expert. Bro. You can't compare like a hollow bone skeleton to like human skeletons. He's gonna like, he's gonna do one thing to that poor little bird and kill it. <laughs> it's gonna be so dead. are you. You don't no. know anything about birds. <laughs> no, my real here. my real strength is gentleness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miller moves on to play Chuck. Several years ago, Chuck edged out Miller for youngest wife. Who wins this one? Based on Chuck's take earlier in the real NFL, 
Chuck's team is hot at the right time. I think Chuck takes this one. I love both their wives. They're wonderful people. <laughs> I mean, I hope I win. <laughs> That's my hope here. All right. So too close to call. I guess I'll go with Miller. I went with Miller last week. He won me some money. He didn't, but you know, maybe he wins again. We'll see. Sorry, Chuck. Didn't mean it's to go okay. against the family. Right. Uh, but fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning the NFL reported to its owners that the 32 teams spent $800 million on fired coaches and GMs over the last five years with the news that in response, Jimmy Haslam waved a foam finger number one and shouted, <laughs> Yeehaw! I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. <laughs> We're good at something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did I call him Joe Johnson? You did. All you right. You can fix well, that. All right. First <laughs> error going yeah. up. Right. Chuck, who's your MVB? The Saints kind of, they're a mess. So the Browns should win that game. You're frozen, Gerbs. Yeah. I frozen. You guys have been frozen for me. My internet connection is unstable. Yeah, <clears throat> See what I got going on here. Tammy streaming whatever horror film she watches before bed. Yes. <laughs> Tammy would never watch a uh, horror yeah. movie. She doesn't she doesn't have to. She gets the the nightmare. <laughs> Starting over from the beginning. From the top. No. Take it from no, the top. I, I'm not going from the top. <laughs> I think we'll, I think I'm going to start again with the intro to the Browns going to the nation's capital. Okay. And then I'll go to Chuck mm-hmm. and he can make his Russian joke. And then we'll move <laughs> it's, on. It's, oh, man, it's, it's not going to be as organic. It's gone now. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, well, you still have it on the other. <laughs> you can put that in there. Yeah. We'll see how it sounds. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> After Christmas, the Browns travel to our nation's capital. I was the only one that picked a loss to the Commanders. You both picked a win. So are you feeling more Gerber or more Chanko? Chuck? Our sometimes weekly look at the Cleveland Monsters of the AHL. Jeez, I can't say anything tonight. (laughs) And Bill Boner. The... The third mayor of metropolitan government. <clears throat> the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. That can't right. be right. Is that right? Why not? <laughs> Why well, couldn't that be right? I mean, it could be. It, it, it just wasn't the. Here we go. Middle Tennessee State University. Yeah, Blue Raiders. All right. Forty-three percent graduation rate over there. I saw that. Ninety-four <laughs> percent. Yeah, forty-three. Ninety-four percent acceptance rate. Except everybody. How, how is it not a hundred? <laughs> There's well, they're turning people away. In. Well, only forty-three percent of the people are graduating. That's not. Oh, good. that 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 leads me to believe it's a good sports school. Um, that could be. That could be. Let's find out.
Speaking of night people, I read somewhere they're doing a remake of Night Court. Yeah. I saw that. Really? Yeah. And I think some of the original cast, like John Larry, I was going to ask, like, in it. who yeah. is the people that are still alive? I think they, they so got it. Wasn't God, who was the uh, who was the judge? Harry Stone, Harry yeah. something. Yeah. Harry Stone, I think. Harry Stone, maybe. But who uh, was he in real life, though? Was also, he Harry Stone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His name was Harry in both the show and real life. I remember yeah, that. No. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget which stone was with the last name in one of those environments. And I forget which one it was. I'm going to look it up <laughs> only because I want to see photos of Marky post. She died though. Right. Didn't she die a couple years ago? I don't, I don't know. know. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Anderson. Too many. Yeah, Anderson. She did. You're right. Girl. She died. Yeah. last year. Yeah. I thought, I remember she died last year. Yeah. Oh. Smoke show in the eighties. Oh, um, what do I think? Is he still alive? Bull's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> is bull. That's I, yeah. I, I'm I'm actually stunned that Bull outlived Marky Post. Yeah. Um, how about what? How about Roz? She's still alive. Is John Larroquette still alive? He is. He's supposed to be in this series. Really? Wow, that's fantastic. That guy's funny. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, she's alive. Sixty-eight. See, they get half the people in it. What about Mac? Did Mac die? Is that the other? How am I remembering yes, all the these? Macintosh guy. Robinson? Yeah. 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 He Macintosh died last Robinson. year, too. Oh, oh man. man. He died, too? He died the month before Marky. So this is, <laughs> this, is a, this is a whole other night for the show is like um, like not back soon enough yeah. remakes of shows. Because <laughs> it looks like Night Court missed it by a year. It's like the Fleetwood Mac situation, right? Yeah. Like, man, yeah. they should have got yeah. together just a little bit sooner. And Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. If you're one of these teams that doesn't have a quarterback and you look at the tape of Jacoby Brissett for 10 games this year, don't you look at it and say, this guy can be a starter for us. How about his former even team? If, even Colts? if he, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even yeah. if, even if that's probably wrong. And again, maybe it comes down to Stefanski is better than we give him credit for. Um I still think he's worse. I think I, I think <laughs> I think Brissett, I think Brissett has a chance to get picked up by somebody as a starter yeah. next year. I'm not saying I think it's a good idea. It's um, probably not. But I, uh, no. but I think that could happen. But he's probably got um, a leg up on someone like Matt Ryan, right? Like if yeah, yeah. Hey man, somebody could if you're starving for a starting quarterback, are you giving Jacoby Brissett 40 million for two years? 20 mil a year is cheap for a quarterback at this point. Yeah, I guess it, it all depends on how this season plays out. Who, what My fantasy team is not in the playoffs, by the way. <laughs> what quarterback? <laughs> what quarterback gets hurt? Right, like because quarterbacks that get hurt the rest of this season, depending on the injury, are a big question mark for next season. Like Kyler Murray might not play next year. You know, given the fact that he tore his ACL yeah. right now at this stage in the game. Um, and let's hope, knock on wood, that. It's not Deshaun Watson. Maybe Jacoby Brissett's our which, starter again. Then, yeah. which <laughs> you know, like, which uh, which contract would you rather have right now? If you are, you know, ownership, Tyler Murray's or Deshaun Watson's? Deshaun Watson's. I hate to Deshaun say it. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's, I he's think still so too. Upright yeah. and playing, and yeah, Russell better. Wilson's. <laughs> God, <laughs> there was um, there was a graphic that they threw up a few weeks ago. Maybe it was Watson's first game back. 
and it was like highest paid NFL quarterbacks. And I think it was Kyler Murray, Deshaun, um, Aaron Rodgers, and um, Russell Wilson. And yeah. you look at that and you say, holy shit. Like the only guy I want of those four right now is Deshaun Watson. Yep, He's the sure. only one that's crazy. Um, it's not even close, right? I mean, that that's yeah. a guy that yeah. if all goes well, you're about to get five years of his prime out of that dude, mm-hmm. as opposed to Kyler Murray well, may never if... find a prime and Aaron Rodgers is and Wilson are past it, you know? Yeah. Man, I, if, if Watson stays healthy, I mean, there's 10 good years left. Is it absurd oh, for yeah. him to be a productive quarterback at 36 years old? No way. Right. Or yes way. No, yes it's way. not absurd. What <laughs> the fuck yes. am I saying? <laughs> it's a two and a half. Do you guys get scale. what I'm saying? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, man, I, that's... Uh... Jim, college coach Harbaugh. Yeah, he was at San Diego when we were in college because we'd go out there and play him. Oh, I the, thought he was at San Diego State. I thought San I Diego know. State was his first job, and then he went to Stanford, and then the 49ers. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, maybe real close though. Same city. It's a college. I, it's an easy mistake to make. I thought San Diego State was Catholic. That doesn't make any damn sense. No, San Diego separation is. of church and state. No. Yeah, no, he coached at San Diego. He coached at you. he coached at San Diego, the Catholic school. He coached oh, at San Diego. Yep. He was the or quarterback you know what, coach. The internet? Yeah, of course. Well, according to his Wikipedia. Did he go to San Diego State after that? No, he went to Stanford after that. He was the head coach at San Diego, then Stanford, then the 49ers. And then when did he coach at San Diego State? <laughs> I think uh in between in between the Oakland <clears throat> Raiders and the and the Stanford Cardinal. No, he did not coach at San Diego State. It was a Pioneer League. Yeah, he was. He he won the Pioneer League two years in a row. That's that's the league UD plays football in. <laughs> yeah. I thought speaking switching back to San Diego State though, wasn't there a highly touted NFL quarterback that came out of San Diego State? I mean, he doesn't stand up to the list you put out there, Gerbs. But I thought it was i thought it was like a highly great running back coming out of san diego oh marshall falk marshall came out of san diego state yeah yeah yeah, he was was okay (laughs) and like um i I think uh strasburg pitched there oh did he yeah i think so san diego state has well harbaugh was coaching there coached the baseball team (laughs) From San Edwards, Diego State Tony has Wynn. to be has to be a wonderful. There's a lot of people who want a wonderful school. Yeah, San Diego through, State right? has a has a big list of alumni, but Joe yeah, nobody Fred Dreyer <laughs> or Brian Carl Sipe. There you go. There's your Damn quarterback, well. Brian Sipe. Oh, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Maybe it was Brian. He also played quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Kawhi or, Leonard. Kawhi. All right. Mark Grace, Bud Black. There's a ton of guys. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, you're talking about the Christmas January, Eve January, game. No, January 1st is the second to last regular season game. Oh, that's, that's a Commanders that's the, game. The Commanders the game is at 1 okay. o'clock that day. Yeah. Well, I'll, okay. I'll record, I will watch it and do my job before the podcast. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I just won't watch it like live. Like I said, 
a lot of times I think we could pre-record these and we yeah, would be yeah. fine. So, <laughs> well, I want to celebrate that. I wanted to celebrate the Lions getting in the playoffs on that day. That's what's going to happen on that day. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. All right, now it's after midnight. <laughs> All right, we did it yeah. again. All right, fellas. <laughs> I will see you today. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right, brothers. See you Have a great days. one. All right. Good night, later. Guys. Love you. Love yeah. you guys. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?